My name's Bobby Walker with Journey of a New Entrepreneur, and I've got one message for you. Here it is. Get ready. And I just messed it up. I'm going to leave this in. I'm not even going to edit this out. I'm going to do that over. <laughs> I'm going to do that over. I've got Donovan waiting on me. I'm like, Donovan, this is going to be the coolest intro ever. Let's see if we can do this. All right. The music's playing again, Donovan. And this is Bobby Walker with the Journey of a New Entrepreneur podcast. And I've got one message for you today. Don't be a bitch. This don't be a bitch. Welcome to the No Bitch Zone. I already told you my name is Bobby Walker coming to you live from NBZ Studios here in Orlando, Florida. I've got my boy Donovan and I found out today it's not Queensberry. I'm not a good uh, I'm not a good reader. So Donovan, help me out one more time because I just learned this right before the uh, right before we went live. So pronounce the last name for me again. And, and the name that you just said is like uh, Queensbury. You said, don't be a bitch. So I'm going to try with my last name. We'll start there. It's Questenberry. A L- little bit more German in there. A little bit All right. Questenberry. <laughs> no bitches here. I'm going to get these names right. And because uh, it's important to you and that makes it important to me. So mm-hmm. I got Donovan Questenberry. And if I, guys, please, I've been calling him Queensbury for probably two years looking at online. <laughs> so if I mess up, Donovan, much, much apologies. That's just I programmed myself wrong. But Donovan Questenberry here with us. And uh, I'm, I'm super excited about this one. I always say that. I'm always honest, though. I'm, I'm a good dude. I'm an honest guy. I'm just excited when I record these things. But uh, Donovan is someone that I've seen out there, you know, in the, the thing, whatever that is out there. And I've seen him being a mover and a shaker. And he's uh, become good buddies with one of my good buddies, Jason Guyman. So Jason, what's up? My favorite Sasquatch. I love Jason because he's the only guy when he's around, people don't make the Sasquatch jokes about me. So, you know, he's one of the few guys bigger than me. And, um, but I've been watching you Donovan for a while and we got to connect a little bit at the huge convention, not a whole lot, which is going to make this episode, I think, a little fun because it's always great to get to know each other uh, live on the air so everyone can see all the dirty laundry and how the sausage is made. But uh, but, but before we get into that, got to tell everyone about Responsibid. You ever heard of it? Probably not. I have. Oh, I, have? I've heard of Responsibid, <laughs> but I got to be honest, I, I don't use it. Well, that's I, I don't you- use it. Not, not that I have a reason. I just don't. I just don't know enough. You know what I mean? I just haven't pulled the trigger on that yet. So no, I, uh, I'd love to I'm learn more. I'm going to tell you why you don't do it. I'm going to tell you why you don't use it. And, and that's cool because I get it. Donovan's someone that he doesn't love sure deals. That's all. He just doesn't love sure deals. Because <laughs> as I always say, this Responsibid has a 10 to 1 ROI guarantee. So like you can't lose, right? They're they're so confident in their their service that if you don't get a ten to one ROI on your investment, you don't pay for a responsive bid. And you're saying, Bobby, what the heck is responsive bid? I'm going to say I don't even think it matters. If I can guarantee you a ten to one, or it doesn't cost you anything, it really doesn't matter what it is. It can be a I don't even have anything funny or witty to think of right now, but it can be whatever that funny or witty thing that you just put into your head. And if it gives you a ten to one ROI. It's worth doing, but here's what Responsibid is. It's the best sales platform for home service industries. Um, it, it helps you quote things. It helps you follow up. What, what, what do they always say? You quote effortlessly, follow up seamlessly, and something else, something else. I forget what it is, but they help you close more deals, higher average okay. prices with less work. So guys, if you want to, uh, if you're going to be like Donovan, you're going to go check out uh, Responsibid now because you, you just can't without a, a 10 to 1 ROI. Go to J 
jnebid.com. And my voice did just crack there. So I'm going to say that again, jnebid.com. You can check it out. You get the best deal on the planet. <laughs> best deal. I'm going through puberty, folks. It's my second puberty here. And uh, jnebid. I was about to say, I'm not popping the cherry, but I'm pretty close. Like <laughs> around two. We'll get, we'll get it figured out. <laughs> and uh, you'll get the best deal on responsibility you can get. It's awesome. Check them out. If I didn't mean it, I wouldn't say it. And if it didn't work, I wouldn't mean it. So I've been using it for, oh, I don't know, four plus years in my business. So anyway, we got the bills paid here, Donovan. So, bro, welcome to the show. Welcome. I don't even know if you know what the NBZ is, but welcome to the no bitch zone. Uh, you ever heard of that before? Um, the the NBZ? You know, again, you know, Bobby, I, I've heard of your podcast. I've heard of you. It's it's kind of like, you know, it's reciprocal mm-hmm. that, uh, you know, we, we float around the same people, but we never really connected. There's there's a lot of mentors out there. There's a lot of podcasts out there and I'm, you know, I'm just kind of selective about yep. what I like plug into. So you're, you're, you're one of the guys that were like on my hit list. I always want to get to know you better and, and kind of like test it out and, and stuff. So I, I don't know a whole lot, but I, I'd love to learn some more, you know? Well, it's real simple. And I'll teach you at the same time I teach any new listeners here. So the NBZ is the no bitch zone. Basically just okay. if you're a bitch, you ain't allowed here, but I've got to define bitch. I'm trying to kind of reclaim the word. It's not a derogatory term towards uh, women because uh, I wouldn't be using right. it. Was. Uh, not, not in my context. Sure, sure. Uh, but here's what a bitch is. A bitch is someone that blames other people for their lack of success. A bitch is someone mm-hmm. that won't pursue their own goals because of fear uh, internally or fear of what uh, other people may say, think, or do. And uh, I think there's some other things that might make one a bitch and they're just not coming to my mind right now but but we could call it a victim we could say it's the no victim zone but that's just not as fun to say and um so i like calling my friends bitch and i like calling bitches bitch and and it's a no bitch zone so that's that's where we are and um i'm glad you're here finally so so donovan let's 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 kick this thing off man but for anyone that may not know at all who you are okay Give give me that long walk on the beach story about, you know, who are you as a human being? And then I'll kind of ask you the same question about who you are as an entrepreneur, unless they just merge together, which they very likely will. But, but if you don't get there, I'll help segue. Who the heck are you, man? Yeah. And I, and I got a, a, a little bit of a backstory. Um, and I think it really does tie in, you know, who I am as a person ties into who I am as an entrepreneur, because I'm kind of, an entrepreneur somewhat defines me a little tiny bit. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like you, you say like a no bitch zone, like if somebody called me an employee, like I'd take that as an insult versus somebody <laughs> calling me like a bitch. Yeah. And that's just kind of who I am. But, you know, first and foremost, you know, I know we're not going to get into it quite a bit, but I am, uh, you know, conservative. I am Christian. I am married. I do got kids. I love my dogs. I think those are, are big parts of my personality. Yep. And, and I'm a business owner through and through. I think if I sold all my businesses, maybe give it two, three months before I have to start something new. Mm-hmm. I just got that itch in me. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm that type of guy. I can't go like right now. I'm in that phase. I can't go on like a month long vacation. I, I'd go insane. Um, you know, and, and, and uh, I try the best I can to automate and, and pull myself out of a business. But it seems like the moment I do, I start some other project kind of, you know, kind of like you, I know you got your, your cleaning business and, yeah. And uh, uh, now, now you're, uh, 
your convention business is kind of go, you know, kind of going away and your, and your podcast is kind of going up. I feel like you and I are probably like two peas in a pod where we, where we got a lot going on and it's, it's, um, you know, we kind of need to focus on one thing for a short period of time and move on to the next one. I would say that probably describes me pretty, pretty good. Um, yeah. And I think that that's like a characteristic of, of a lot of like entrepreneurs, I would say, um, you know, I do got, you said that, that no bitch zone. That's something that I feel like, like that, that iron sharpness, iron type yep. type deal going on. I think that's something that's good for me. You know, I've had like really low lows where, where I really needed that, that person to kick me in the butt. And I'm fortunate enough to be married to that person. Mm. Um, so my wife is like the one person I can always look up to. And, uh, you know, so she kind of like, uh, when, when she's, she's in a little funk, I'm kind of at a high when, and when I'm in a bad funk, you know, thank goodness she was keeping keeping everything afloat. So I would say uh, I'm I'm fortunate enough to be not like a 50-50 partner with my wife, but like a 100-100 partner. I love that. Um, so if, if I were to attribute anything like success-wise, I would say it probably has, you know, it's because she's 100% there. Um, but my story pretty much is I, I grew up in an entrepreneurial family. My wife grew up in an employee family, so she never really been around Um a business owner type mindset till she got around me. And then she found out that uh, it's difficult to be married to, to somebody who, who's a, who has that mindset. But um, I, I grew up around it. So uh, I was always that guy at the state fair. Like I, you know, as a young kid in seventh grade, I'd go there early and you could buy tickets for all the rides half off. Mm-hmm. And then I'd go to the fair and I'd start at the end of the ticket line, selling tickets to the front of the line. Uh-huh. I'd make a thousand a night. I make a thousand bucks a night in like seventh grade, just scalping tickets at the fair. You know, I was like a top performer on all the little popcorn sales and all the little, mm-hmm. you know, things like that. And so right around the time I got interested in women in high school, find out you got to have a little bit of money. So for me, I just, uh, I started my own business. My, my dad had a window cleaning company up and uh, he has more degrees than a thermometer. And, and that's how he like paid himself to go through school. And yep. then he always had a little window cleaning company, even when he had a job and everything else. So if he got laid off, he always had that money coming in. Yeah. And so for me, it started in high school, window cleaning. Uh, 2000, 2007 hits. Uh, I graduate, recession hits then, and people aren't paying five, 600 bucks to have their windows clean. But everybody was uh, still needs to have their gutters clean. So I kind of transitioned. Straight out of high school, goofed off with it for a long time, but I did a lot of gutter cleaning. And to this day, probably my bread and butter service, like year-round type cleaning service, is actually gutter cleaning. I mean, we, we mm. probably got like 10,000 clients or something like that that we service wow. um, for for gutter cleaning. And uh, not not all those are active, but thousands and thousands of active clients every yeah. year um, that we do. And, and, you know, probably percentage of our business, it's quite a bit that. And we, we might scrape by like, you know, $100,000, $200,000 worth of power washing. But for our cleaning business, it's pretty much that that bread and butter is like gutter cleaning for us. So I know I'm a little different than probably some other folks you got on the podcast. But we've done that. And then I got my shiny Christmas light shirt on. So we started doing uh, Christmas lights about three, four seasons ago. And that's something we fell in love with. And it's probably about 50% cleaning now and about 50% Christmas lights at this point. That's awesome, man. That's uh, there's a lot to unpack in everything. You, first off, you're a great podcast guest because you just laid it all out there, and that was good stuff. Uh, <laughs> I, I love it because sometimes you get people on and you got to like drag things out of them, and I'm like, 
you know, this is a sure. like an audio thing, right? <laughs> but that was good, man. <laughs> so Donovan, I want to, I want to jump into some total non-business stuff. Um, okay. A little bit that we chatted about, you know, before we went live and a little bit, we talked about the other day at the huge and then uh, what you just shared. Um, it, it's evident. Yeah. I mean, it's clear. I was like, okay this definitely looks like this kind of dude anyway. So you're talking about your family, you're talking about your faith, you're talking about your politics, you know, and which, you know, I, yep. I don't do the politic and religion talk on here, not because they're bad things. I just, uh, enough people hate me as it is. You know, I don't need to <laughs> need to go down there. Well, I, feel like, I feel like every time you turn on anything, that's what they're talking about. And I, I, I got mm-hmm. enough of it, you know, I want to be around fun. people. It's not fun. It's not even fun it's to talk politics fun, with no. people you agree with, you know, but um, one of my, Robbie Hernandez, Robbie, one day you'll listen to this. I don't know when, but he's, he's been my best buddy for, you know, he's in my, my inner circle and he's been my best bud for about 15 years or so. And uh, I've, I've literally unfriended him on Facebook before I share very similar political views. I'm just like, I don't want to hear them all that nonstop. I'm, Facebook is the bar. It's where you're supposed to be hanging and chilling and having a good time. But but I want to get to some serious stuff. I want to get some serious stuff here. Uh, you know, your family, your wife, um, you know, it, it's evident that these are, are things that are very um, valuable to you and very important. And um, how long how long have you been married? Damn, you could have prepped me that that question was coming. Uh, hey, hold on. Let me refer- hold on. Hey, what's her name? What's her, what's her wife's name? <laughs> wife's name's Lauren. Lauren, so Lauren, I need you to just ignore the last, you know, fifteen seconds. Uh, that is, I'm going to re-ask it. So, hey, Donovan, about I mean, we how got long have you been married? So okay, that, see, that like six, seven years. Uh, I, I don't know. Something okay. long, long enough. It's okay that I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no doubt, man. I, you know what? You just got to start forgetting on purpose, and then they just they give up. You know, I'll be, I'll be married 25 years this year, and and uh, you know, you just. When they ask you to say no, man, 25 years, that's an accomplishment. It is. She's a lucky woman. I'm real, real happy for her. On that note, on that note, you know, there's a book we read a long time ago. And uh, it, I remember, uh, I don't remember if it has a religious uh, tone to it, honestly, but it was recommended back um, with, you know, from our, our church friends back in the day uh, called his needs her needs building an affair okay. marriage. Have you ever heard of that book? I have not. No, I have not. It's a good for anyone listening and whether you're in a marriage, whether you're in just a, uh, a romantic relationship, or frankly, if you're not in one at all, uh, it teaches some great stuff. I forget the author's name because it's been, I mean, it's been 20, probably 21 years since I read the dang thing, but his needs, her needs building an affair proof marriage and the first thing i I get really sad about when i think of the book is a lot of people don't want to read it when they hear the title because if they say you hear well building an affair proof marriage it's like oh we're good okay well then let's let's make it bulletproof baby you know you haven't brought you haven't taken any shots yet let's make sure when they come you know they don't they don't go through and really what it teaches i mean um i probably should be asking you a question but it's just my head went down this path and i guess i want to say donovan talk to us about this and and have you experienced stuff like this or or what things make your marriage great but uh there's a concept that this book teaches called like a love bank right and essentially what it means is you know every time you interact with someone so like whenever you and i interacted i think for the first time back at the huge other than maybe shaking hands or something at another event before um you know 
we interact. Hey, how you doing? Hey, nice to meet you, bro. Bro hug. And you know, Hey, you know, I've seen you all that stuff. Well, in that moment with this analogy, um, you know, I opened an account, yeah. a, a bank account in your love bank. Now it sounds yep. kind of, you know, when a couple of dudes are talking about each other's love bank. So, so you've got a love bank in you, you know, the love bank of Donovan and I've got a love bank of Bobby and everyone's got a love bank. So when we met, you also open an account at my bank and that's the way you open an account is you have an interaction and every interaction you ever have with a person, you know, they're never neutral. You're, you're either making a deposit in said person's love bank or you're making a withdrawal you know from your account yeah. in that person's love bank and you have to make withdrawals sometimes right you have to tell your wife no if she wanted you to do something and maybe you can't do it or you have to tell your children no because they want you to do something that's just not good for them or an employee or what have you and that isn't a withdrawal it's an emotional hit you know that that they feel whether your your um decision is good or bad or just or unjust and really what the concept boils down to is all of us have needs that's the his needs her needs portion and you know uh you can imagine like say the the five languages you know like you know the five lo love language book and it talks about people have different languages and, and th that's a need you know like if your love language is words of affirmation you need those words of affirmation that's something that you've got to have right so yeah. so essentially what it's saying is you've got to make sure that your account with said person, the important parts of the account, the needs, right? The subsections in this account are way, way in the black. There's tons of money in these things. So that way, when the, the, the withdrawals come, because they will, maybe it's just circumstances, or maybe you were just a, had a bad day and you didn't have any good emotional control and you were just an asshole when you got home, you know, whatever it may be, um, you're going to make the withdrawals. So it's important that we're always making sure that we're making those deposits, you know, to keep that balance uh, positive. It's a pretty simple concept, I guess, but it was a great book. And when I was just listening to you talk, I mean, uh, I don't know, maybe I'm just crazy, but I was like, you made me think of that book. And I thought, this sounds like something this guy would have read and, and you didn't, but I don't know what you gonna buy. You know, it? I've I've read the uh, I've read the five love languages books, and and that one was really important. I tell you what, man, um, the first year of marriage was tough. Yeah. You know, it was it was the first year, two years was pretty tough. Um, I'm I'm a I'm a pretty big jackass, and uh, you know, I, I don't like people touching me. I, I mean, I, I don't like giving people hugs. Like you, you know, I just mm -hmm. like if somebody's walking past me in the store, like perpendicular. I'm like, why did you have to walk two feet behind me? You could walk <laughs> ten feet. Like I don't like people around me. Mm -hmm. and I know a lot of people don't get that, but I just, I, you know, I just, I, I, you know, COVID was the best thing. All right, yeah. everybody stay six feet away from me. That's awesome. And uh, I don't relate, right, but I can get it because I got my thing. Yeah, I'm I'm actually kind of the opposite. So I'm sorry for the bro hug, by the way. <laughs> you no, 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 no. It's, but, it's uh, all good. It's, but I get it. You it's know, it's all good. Like I, I, and I'm good with it because it's you know. But but what it was, my wife's primary love language is physical touch, mm -hmm. and and you know a lot of guys think that that's just sex or something like that, but it's not. It's it's you know it's just comforting, being around, you know, do, doing you know maybe maybe some access service or something or doing little mm -hmm. things together. Mine is uh, is words of affirmation. So, you know, it's difficult because literally we are complete opposites. And so how we make our deposits, like what you're referring to, are complete opposites. Mm -hmm. So when I make a deposit for her, it means very little. 
you know, with my primary love language. And when she does it for me, you know, giving me a hug or something, it's like, like, you know, she's trying to make a deposit and I'm like over here, like, get away from me. And, uh, you know, so the first year or two of marriage was tough and throw trying to grow a business on top of that. And she wants babies right away and stuff like that. You know, it it was tough. Now, I want to say life is pretty dang good right now, but you know, we, we had a time there where I think it was like a, it was like perfect storm, man. It was, it was, you know, love tank was empty business. Mm. Like it was sucked. And and I got into this depression state and it's like, I, I, it got to the point where like we maxed out our credit. Like I, I maxed out our credit cards and I literally was doing nothing. I was kind of like a deer in headlights and it wasn't that, I couldn't do anything. It was just like the energy wasn't there. The motivation wasn't there. My wife was just like, Donovan, why Why won't you go? You said that you do this. Why would you? Oh, snap, Donovan. She, I hope she's yeah. looking at you know, accounts and stuff like that. But, um, you know, and, and I just, you know, thank God I snapped out of it. But I'm telling you, it was rough. It was really, really, really rough there for a period of time. And then we got out of it. And now it's like, I, I'm kind of glad that I had that experience because it's like, I will never, like, yeah. I will never put us back there. And now I got kids and, and other people relying on us and stuff like that. And it's like, we'll go there. We're like, we're a team now that we're never going to like experience that again. And, and we we're really good now about making those deposits. And, yeah. you know, it's, it's tough with being business owners together and, you know, husband and wife together. And we've, we've been able to like get to the point where we're both pulling a paycheck. Like we're both pulling a, sal- a salary now. Um, and she's like, she's not, it's not all on her anymore. It's not all on me. We got people in the office. We got crews out in the field. So um, life, life is pretty good right now, but I, I you know, I, I like talking about that type of stuff because I feel like that those high highs and those low lows are really common for business owners. And and, and depression is something, I, I'm going to call it what it is, you know, depression is something that is can be very dangerous when you're trying to avoid it or maybe you don't know that you're in it. Mm. Um, and and I even got, I got this controversy, you tell me to shut up, but no, I got this talking, man. theory right now that like if I feel like something sucks, like like last week I got COVID and, and uh, one of my dogs tried to kill the other one, like, I mean, literally ripping chunks out of each other. Oh, yeah. I had him. I had another employees I got a fire. I mean, I, I could just tell you 20 things that happened, um, like on the same day, you, you know, just same day. And, and so like, I, I felt like before what I would try to do is just have a smile on my face and be like, it's not affecting me, you know, and kind of put this false bravado on, like nothing can hurt my business, this and that and the other, and you know, nothing can hurt me. And what I tried to do is I tried to avoid that, that suckiness, you know? Yeah. And so now I kind of like I've adopted this theory that like a little bit of depression, a little bit of being upset is is natural. You know, it's like it's something that if you kind of let yourself experience it instead of just blocking it all, like you're you're allowed to say, man, this really this really sucks. You know, like, hey, look, I'm not feeling the best today instead of just, uh, you know, instead of just trooping through it or whatever, like just being like, you know, today kind of sucks. Yep. And and it's okay to not, you know, I'm I'm operating at 50% today. And then if you surround yourself with people that can kind of take up the slack, or for me, I call it life hacking, you know, all right, today's going to suck. I'm not going to be on the phone. I know I'm not going to be motivated. 
So let me just make sure that my team is, is performing a little bit higher today. Let me be upfront with them. Let me tell my wife, you know, what's going on so that she's not like, Donovan, why didn't you take out the trash? Or, you know, like just let people know, hey, today's a little bit of a bad day. I'm going to do what I can, you know. And, and what that allows me to do is like for the lows to not be so low. It allows me to have a little bit of an off day where I don't have to be the superstar. And, and it allows me to be huge. And, and so that's kind of okay. like my theory now. Just, just, you know, hey, I'm human too. You know, I'm going to have my bad days. I experience it. And then I also I'm real about myself. That, okay, cool. You're going through this. But here's how you got out of it last time. Let's do it quicker this time. And so now my lows are not like they're, they're nowhere near like low, low, low anymore. And that, that's just something that's worked for me. I like to talk about it. Um, oh, you know, I, I like that, they, man. That. Well, you know, I don't even think you probably don't even know this uh, just because, you know, we we haven't been listening to each other's stuff. But I, you know, I just finished this. <laughs> I was actually I was like, all right, this will be a good one. I won't talk about depression this time because I've been talking about <laughs> it. But I don't mind talking about it. I think it needs to be shouted from the rooftops, quite frankly, you know, and and yeah. and whether it's like hardcore depression like I had or just you know, dealing with the shit like you're talking about and or somewhere in between. But yeah. I'll tell you what, what I love about what you're saying is, you know, you're essentially doing half of what I used to do. But the other half of what you're doing is the healthy part where my other half in the past was just too negative. But where we aligned was just kind of being honest, right? Calling it what it is. Eh, I, today's kind of sucky. You know, um, it's not the, oh, and, you know, F my life. You know, it's not the, oh, nothing can go good for me. It's just eh, today ain't so great. And the the problem I've had, it, I had, it was actually one of one of the many things that that just compiled and, and destroyed my self-worth, which is was really the, the foundation that got destroyed that led to my depression was my self-worth. But um, you can keep things real and not have to be a negative person. And actually like, I've got a few podcasts out there that I've really been debating on whether or not I should take them down. And one of them, uh, and I've even had people like um, say, dude, I loved that episode way back when, but I've got one called being honest with yourself. I think the general concepts are kind of legit, but, but just so negative in a certain way. And like, one of the things I said was, you know, uh, now you're talking about a bad day, but I would be like, Hey, if, um, you look in the mirror and you see a lot of fat, don't say, well, I'm big boned because that doesn't get you anywhere in the same way that you just put on the smile and fake that everything's great. Say, ah, you fat right. ass, you better change something before, you know, blah, 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 blah. You know, and, and I really spoke to myself that way. Yeah. And I thought I was, you know, cause I liked my football coaches and, and honestly, I, I do tend to respond well to a, like a football coach kind of thing, but there's more to yeah. life than that. And basically yeah. what you're doing in that context, you know, like say if I wanted to stick with it, you're looking in the mirror and you see the person that's, you know, got too much fat on them. Instead of saying, Hey, you fat F, you know, you need to change. I can say, you know what? I've really struggled with uh, making disciplined choices. I've really struggled with living a healthy life, but that's something that I'm changing and it ain't going to be that way anymore. And essentially that's yeah. kind of what I've heard, you know, heard you saying is, Hey, yeah, I mean, today sucks. I'm going to, I'm going to keep my distance. I'm going to do my thing. So I don't, you know, punch any babies or kick any dogs or whatever, you know, on my bad day. But, uh, but, but you're acknowledging that it sucks. And you're also acknowledging this is, 
this is my mechanism, my coping way of being positive by acknowledging that moving on. I'm not condemning myself because I had a bad day. I'm just doing good. And um, so I don't think I have anything else to add to that other than I really love the way you do that. And I wish that was something I would have done because in the past I was always like, if I had a bad day and then, you know, and I'd have a bunch of them and I was just like, Oh, you bitch, you know, you're just, you're just being a big old bitch and you're just, you know, being a crybaby and you're a victim and you're this and you're that and didn't do anything for me except for make things worse. You know? So folks listen, Bobby Walker has given some horrible advice back uh, out there, um, probably some horrible business advice somewhere along the lines. But I definitely have given some some horrible. Uh, I don't know what that's called, but that stuff we just said, given some terrible yeah, advice, you know. Yeah. yeah. And um, so I'm actually glad you you brought that up. That was because I've been trying to figure out how I'm going to approach that one podcast. I'm like, I don't know if I want to take it down or leave it up for the sake of, hey, that was a bad way of thinking. And here's a good way. But we'll figure that one out later. So. But uh, you know, we're we're all human, man. Yeah. We're we're all human. We're all kind of trying to become a little bit better. And uh, you know, what I would say, and, and I, I tell this people all the time, like we were, you know, mentoring people in Facebook groups and online and stuff like that. Like this might be bad advice, but I believe it. You know, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? I'm not I'm not trying to give you advice that I know is wrong. And there's there are people out there who will do that. So I'm at least trying to give you the advice that I think is right for right now. And if that changes, then I'll let you know as well. So yeah, I love all, it. I, I think that's all anybody can ask. So Donovan, let's let's rewind a little bit. So um yeah. hopefully, hopefully, um since uh, you didn't remember how long you'd been married, but you'll still get bonus points because we talked about the wife at the beginning. So I think that's fair. I think that's fair. And I think you'll be just fine there. Um, but, but let's go back a little bit. So you talked about, you know, I mean, you're like, you were born an entrepreneur, you know, you, you were, I mean, doing the thing I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm a little pat on cash right now. I might go find a carnival or something and do this ticket. Do it, <laughs> Dude, season coming up. Do it. Do but, it. Uh, yeah, I'm not, I don't want to get in trouble. I'm, I'm too, too chicken. But that's, I love, um, I love like when I, today I can see, you know, kids, young people that like have that in them, you know? And so someone like you, you're a different animal than me. I was a late bloomer. You know, I, I was too afraid to do anything. I'm too afraid to do that today. I just admitted it, you know, but I, you know, I was always like, ah, you don't take the chance. You play the safe thing. You blah, 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 blah. Talk to me, you know, you, you graduate high school. Um, I know you said, uh, and I may have got a little lost in the, the translation there, but I know, you know, your father had that window cleaning thing. So I, I guess you worked with him or for him at that point. And then you, you built into your own gutter, uh, you know, your business where you're primarily doing gutters, but, or maybe that's the biggest service is probably the better way to say that. But um, yeah. what happened? Like, wh- when was Donovan, like, when did you have your first real business? Was it? the one that you're still doing right now, or did you do something else or what got us here? Um, you know, my, my dad's business was always just him. You know, it wasn't a business. He just owned his, it was just a side gig that, that, I mean, he, he had a skill set of cleaning windows, which anybody who's done that knows that it is a skill set. Um, but he kind of had like a side gig. He didn't have a, you know, a a business. He had some recurring customers and, and things like that. And, and quite honestly, like I goofed off for a while because an 18 year old doesn't need that much money. Right. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, but what it did give me at 18 was I got in an argument with my dad or this and that. He's like, it's my rules, my house. 
you know, while you're under, living under my roof, you're going to follow my rules. I said, all right, tomorrow morning, I won't be living under your roof, right? Mm. So, you know, I, I always had that, that like, just that little bit of a cockiness to me. Yeah. And and there for a while, man, it was that false bravado. I think, I, I think you know, people are like, man, I wish I grew up an entrepreneur. But I tell you what, that could be a handicap, too. You know, like, growing up being a rich kid or something. Like, you, you don't have that hustle mm. in you. I, I've seen that. So, you know. I don't want people to think the grass is always greener because what it allowed me to do is have a skill set of being a fake business owner. And, and I didn't have to go out there and truck. I didn't have to really go out there and hustle. And, you know, another example would be uh, in my senior year or something, they had me do a business class and then they gave me to do a business report. So I just did a business report on my current business and I stood up and did the presentation. The teacher like uh, then proceeded to tell me how it was all wrong and wouldn't work. And I was like, <laughs> Okay, well, actually, this is my current business, and I make more money than you do, and I only work on the weekends. This is so, a theory, I mean, Beach. This is real stuff. Yeah, this is, this is theory, Did you really right? get to and, say uh, that? Did you really get to say that? I said it, man, and they failed me. They failed the assignment, but I'm still, you know, everybody got around that I'd make 100 bucks an hour, you know, as this, like, 16, 17-year-old kid, you know, hadn't even graduated high school yet. But but what that it did is, is I was lazy. I was so lazy for so long. I'm talking years, years. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, I feel like for men, we need we need a, a damsel to rescue. You know, we need a dragon to fight. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, there's a book out there. Right. Um, and uh, and and so for me, it was once I got serious about getting married and having kids and growing up and, you know, you know, hey, this is the route I'm going to go. I'm, you know, I'm not trying to go on a million different dates. I'm, I'm going to get married. I'm going to you know, do this, do that. And then, um, you know, I, I had to learn all the lessons. So um, I would say it took me like five years, man. Yeah. It, it took me five years of just goofing off of not even having to try, just survive. If I need to make money, I'd go out and hustle and yeah. I'd drum up some work and, you know, and, you know, kind of a lot of business owners get stuck at that kind of at a high level. But, um, you know, I got stuck at that at a real low level. And I just developed the skill set of being able to hustle up some work. And so I felt like that kind of, that was a little bit of a handicap for a while of me having a legit business. Um, well, and, and, uh, nothing negative yeah. to any of that. I mean, like, honestly, it, the grass is kind of always greener. You know what I mean? The grass is, but I'm sitting here, I'm like, well, I was kind of lazy too. And I'm being nice to myself when I say kind of. But my problem is I couldn't go make a thousand dollars in an evening as a seventh grader, you know, like I, you know, my problem was I was just lazy, lazy. You were just, yeah. you know, you were like just more opportunistic is like, you know, I'll do my thing. I, got I, I, I was the guy, I was like the guy on track team that they said, you know, you got to run a seven minute mile or what, you know, whatever. And I, I came in at seven Oh five. You know what I mean? Like it's good enough. Yeah. Good enough. I, yeah. If I pushed, I could get under, but I never did. And and that is lazy. That's a different type of lazy. That's not a good lazy. I'd fire that guy right now. You know what I mean? You no, know, that was my next question. So, like, talk to me today. Like, what um what characteristics do you still cherish and hold from you know the youth? And what things have you said? You know, here I'm trying to think of the best way when I ask this question. Um, you know, for the sake of me and the audience here, but could you identify? a couple of things, you know, are you able to look back and say, here's a couple of things that I did make a change in my life. And had I not, there's no chance in hell I'd be where I'm at today. You know, having the success you had today, was there some of that or, or are you embracing all of it or, or what? 
Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, I'm the same guy. I, I think that people only change so much. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, all my tendencies, my bad tendencies, they could pop back up. You know, I, I, you get a bad day, like, you know, it happened to a, a, a very popular guy on, on Facebook. He had a good business, had a lot of things going for him. He got over a bad drug habit and he saw a bad accident. It brought some things back and then all those bad tendencies like just came right back up. Mm. And so, you know, if I'm going to be honest with myself, I got to I got to say I'm the same guy, you know. Yep. And so the second part of that is what do I cherish? I cherish the people who are really strong at what I'm not. And, and that's who I got to surround myself by because I got to be honest, like, you know, I got 10, 15, 20 people that are working on my team. And, and if, if, some, if some shit hits the fan and Donovan has one of his days or weeks or months or quarters, you know, then that affects all of them. So what I want is, is, is to be really fucking honest about what I'm not good at. And the people around me have to be genuinely good at that. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and if they're not, they cannot be around me. It doesn't mean that they're a bad person or they may even be the best in the world at it, but it's not what I need for my team. Yeah. Because uh, I, I want I want the guy, I want people doing what they're really good at all the time, not working on what they're really bad at. You, you know, I don't I don't think that we should necessarily focus 50% or 70% or 80% of our effort on what we're not good at. I think you should focus that on what you are good at and take 10% of your effort and try to improve what you're not good at. But just delegate or surround yourself with people who are absolute fucking rock stars at that. Like, look, I can show up on time, you know, if my wife tells me that's the one time she's going to be ready this evening. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> and I ain't going to get another chance for a few months. Like, I'll be there, baby. I'll bring yeah. flowers. I'll bring lotion. You know, <laughs> but if she expects me to be, you know, she's like, you know, every single day, eh, you know, it's not going to happen every single day. Um, <laughs> first thing in the morning, you know, like, I, I'm in, I've been in the office for the last three or four weeks. Like, yeah, doing office stuff. I'll get here at 8.30, whatever I got to be, 7.30. But that's going to be one or two days. The rest of the time, I'm showing up 15, 20, 30 minutes late. So my office manager, it has to be part of their personality that they're always 15, 20, 30 minutes early. So, mm -hmm. you know, I there could be the best. I could be the best office manager in the world with all the best skills and everything else. But I couldn't work for me because we're both going to be late and nobody's going to be here on time to open up the door for the UPS guy or yeah. you know, whoever else. So. That, that's just I build a team around what I need, not like what the gurus say this position should be. Mm. And that, that's been kind of something. Again, I call it a life hack, you know, that, that's just something I realize what I'm not good at. And I surround myself with people who are good at it. Donovan, this is good shit, man. Um, I just oh, wrote, yeah. Yeah. No, this is, man. I, I just wrote down a thing. Uh, I just said he's good at saying no. And you probably could go on and start talking about that specifically, you know, just saying no to things and no to opportunities and no to commitments. But, you know, where I think a lot of people, and I'm, I'm kind of projecting here, you know, so I'm, I'm projecting on the audience, all of those people listening, they think this, uh, yeah. but it, it might be what I'm, what, how I've been, I don't know. But, um, Gosh, you know, the, the, the podcast that I just I just recorded one with Josh Latimer. And uh, by the way, it was actually a great one. Uh, he, he shared some great stuff. If you haven't listened to it, it's some, some great stuff in there. But um, 
I talked with him a bit and, you know, and one thing I said to him both on the show and also when we were having a phone call a couple of days before, you know, I was talking about how like the preacher that I used to see on the stage and he'd point at your head or his, his head and say, well, people get it here. And then he pointed at the heart and they say, they don't get it there. And mm. there's a lot of things. And I think at the end of the day, you know, that's just kind of the, 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 the great preacher analogy to say, you know, people aren't executing, right? We're not executing. Um, Brandon Vaughn, I think he always says, you know, people have a lie problem and it's lacking oh, in yeah. execution, right? And okay. this, yeah. is a, this is another one of those things where I've known it to be the case. I may have even been the hypocrite that preached it, but just wasn't executing on it in my own life, you know, at the time. But when you were talking about, you know, if you don't have X, you know, and this characteristic, you don't get to be around, you know, if you're not Y, then you don't get this position. And if you're not Z, you don't need to be on the team, man. And, you know, and you followed it up with, it doesn't mean you're a bad person. And that's, that's exactly it. You know, it, we can go to traction or, or whoever the heck they even quoted from that, you know, you get the right people on the bus, but you also got to get them in the right seats. Right. And, and when you're sitting here saying, you know, if you're not, you know, X, Y, and Z, those are the seats, but if you're not X, Y, and Z, you don't even get to be on the bus. You can't be here. Um, I would say that's, you know, that's a new thing for me. That's something that I've actually like really come around on, but, and I'm seeing a lot of great results with my team on it, but, uh, I think that is, I'm trying to be a good podcaster here and, and say all kinds of great words, but, I'm, but I just want to be honest with my, my thoughts and feelings. Um, I think that's just so, I'm not surprised at all. That's what I'm, what I'm trying to say is I'm not surprised at all that you're saying that because on the outside looking in, you know, looking at the success you're having, you know, you're, you don't just have this, you know, you, you do your little service of pressure washing is as much as or more as most people's businesses. Right. Um, and then you've got your your gutter cleaning and then you got the Christmas lights, which probably is even going to be bigger than the gutter cleaning, you know, just from based on everything I've heard. And, and oh, yeah. And then you've got gutter con coming and you're going to be doing this thing, which we'll talk. We're going to talk about gutter con here in a little bit. But, you know, you're doing all these things. You're having success in them. And it's because you're not one of these dudes that's just like, ah, you know, I, I, employees are terrible and, and I've just got to stay small and profitable and blah, 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 blah. No, employees aren't terrible. You're just a bad leader, you know, yeah. Um, yep. people aren't, aren't going to hurt your business. Um, you just don't know, you know, how to assess them, how to attract them, how to put them in the right seat. And, you know, and I've, I've, I'm talking trash to myself too. I just didn't complain about the employees, but I made those mistakes, but, but Donovan is so obvious. So I, I, I beat around the bush and all that to say, not surprised at all to hear you say this, because that's definitely a characteristic that I would expect from someone that's having the success because what you've done, and this is where I'm, I'm, I'm loving this. And the reason I'm babbling about it is like, this is like, this is me right now, bro. Like this is, yeah. I'm in this yeah. chapter where I've like, this is, this is one that I've kind of conquered and overcome. And yeah. you, you've said, Hey, this is who I am. You know, everyone says yeah. I need to be an Eagle. Screw that. I ain't an Eagle. I'm a Barracuda. I swim in deep water. Sure. I swim fast. I got sharp teeth. I catch what I want to catch. And, and I, I need to stop trying to fly. So I need to hire the Eagle. 
you know, I need to hire the eagle to do the eagle stuff, and I need to hire the monkey to do the monkey stuff, and I need to hire the the bull to do the bull stuff, and I'm going to be the the barracuda or whatever animal I think is cool for that. Maybe I'm going to be the honey badger. I don't know. Maybe I'll be a honey badger tomorrow, but but I'm going to be my thing and and operate in that and build the team around it, and that's a little scary to do because you are depending on your your leadership skills, but um, that was just a whole lot to say. That's really good stuff, Donovan. <laughs> I really like that. Um, talk to me about the business a bit. So you mentioned that, you know, you're, I think you said the the washing side, the pressure washing. You know, you said you might do about 300K in a year, um, if I heard you correctly there. Probably a little shy. Yeah, one, one 200, something, something like that yeah. um, in that range. And, and when I say when I say numbers, I'm very much like a general. I throw this out there on the podcast. I know yeah. I mentioned this to you. I'm like a general type guy. So if I say 200, that might be 225. That might be 185. Yeah. You know, I don't want people to feel like I'm trying to misrepresent any information. I'm On just, behalf of I'm the not that we won't detail. hold you accountable if you slightly, okay. uh, <laughs> if you get a little off, but, but ballpark, yeah. you talk to us about your business. I mean, guys are hearing this. Yeah. You, you know, I you're doing do training as well. If it wasn't for Jason Guyman, Jason made me do some power washing probably just because he's like, Hey, let's do a power washing class and you're, Shop. I'm like, I don't do power washing. I do gutter cleaning. He's like, well, start yeah. doing power washing. Um, you know, it, it, for me, uh, I'm, I'm joking around a little tiny bit, but like I had a huge customer list. And I think the first month I didn't spend a dollar. I just, and I didn't even advertise to all my gutter cleaning people. Just the people who asked me, I said, yeah, and got them a quote. We did like 10 grand our first month. Mm. And and that was like maybe working like three days. Like, you know, yeah. so it wasn't, I know, I know some guys like, they're they're out there with like a thirty thousand dollar rig and all this equipment and all this other type of stuff. Like for me, I just I just charged a lot and I just listened to guys like you and Jason and you know said, hey, here's what you need to start out. And I was like, okay, cool. I'm already busy. Well, if I'm, I'm if I'm gonna do something else, I might as well make money while I'm doing it. And uh, so I just got like a thousand dollar truck or something like an eight had an eight foot bed and I just like. Through a, a pulled behind little power washer, one of the somebody left it at, at one of my rental houses, or my my rental house at the time left it there. So I just picked it up there in the back of my truck, and then I was like, "Yeah, we do power washing." And like the first month, I did thin grain with that. I bought a uh, a reel. I bought two hundred foot of hose so I could leave it in the truck. Yep. And then uh, I did the X jet, and I like dumped five gallons of bleach in like three clients' yards. All there, I got through my house. I'm like tipping over this stupid bucket too many times, and. I mean, we just figured it out, man. It, it like, and even today, like, I bought other people's rigs that have gone out of business. So I got like two rigs literally sitting outside my office window. I got this big warehouse here, and so I got a big trailer set up. He probably put like thirty grain into it. Mm-hmm. I got another one of those soft wash rigs uh, the, with the two twelve volt pumps from the Southeast Soft Wash or something. Yep. And yep. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know who did them, but it, it's complete shit the way it's designed. Sorry, have <laughs> 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 that guy on the uh, podcast, but I. I hate it, but like that thing makes me money. But the, my go-to rig is just like I just strap down an eight-gallon machine with a couple of tanks on it and onto two pallets, and I put it in the back of the truck. And like that makes me a couple grand a day when we go out power washing. Um, I, I'm very much like I do everything wrong, but hey, we'll figure it out. Well, and, uh, no, you do everything backwards, but you're not doing it wrong. You know, because what is it? Eight out of ten businesses shut down in the first. Uh, what is it? is it? The five years? I think it's like five yeah. out of 10 in the first five and eight out of 10 in the first 10 years. Yeah. And so I don't think yeah. you're doing this stuff wrong. I just think you're doing it backwards because forwards is, is the wrong way. And, yeah. you know, 
listen, I, I, I've got great friends, you know, um, you know, I haven't, some of them I haven't talked to for a little while just cause I, you know, I had my depression thing and I was just out of the loop with everybody, but you know, I'm, I'm friends with Cody over there at Southeast. I'm friends with, uh, AC Lockyer, who's just about, um, an hour, you know, hour from me. And I'm friends with, uh, okay. Ray Burke, who's got a power wash store, you know, and these guys have like AC's, I bet you money. <laughs> if a AC, if you listen to this, I know you would make it happen. If he doesn't have a skid that costs 60 grand, he could make it happen. If you wanted to spend it, you know what I mean? Like, you know, you could Bro, do it. The skid and, that was in the back of his truck at the huge was 60. Good for okay. him. Well, there we go. hundred grand. He could make that happen too. Ooh. But, but here's my point is you know i'm probably not going to be the dude that buys the you know 100 grand skit that's just kind of not my thing right but there's a lot of businesses um like sheila uh smelter she's with iwca she's on the board i think she's the upcoming president um they do pressure washing somewhere kind of in your neck of the woods i don't know somewhere on the east coast the carolinas i think and um She's got this big, badass truck, big, huge, you know, you probably got to have a CDL to drive it. I don't know. And it has like six, like eight gallon per minute machines. But, but here's the thing. My point is I know a lot of people that have really, really expensive equipment, you know, in our industry that are having phenomenal levels of success. Yeah. And I'm willing to be proven wrong, but even if I'm proven wrong, I'm still right. Cause this is just the outlier. I've yet to meet one that said they started out spending their money on equipment that way or that they recommend to people to spend that money starting out. And I really okay. think it's as simple as this. Um, uh, marketing and sales makes businesses grow and equipment is just an overhead. It's a necessary evil required to deliver the good. Well, when these guys drop their money on the equipment, they haven't spent an ounce of time on their leadership development, which if you if they get to hiring people, that's where they're going to get stuck. They haven't spent money on the marketing, so they're probably not going to get to the leadership development thing even because they're not going to get the sales. And then they have this big old bill uh, for that, that trailer payment or that skid payment, or they don't have the bill. They just don't have any cash because they dropped other cash in it, you know, and, and I know of a couple of dudes, um, uh, some of my buddies up in uh, – um, where the heck are they? Uh, I think Detroit, but I can't remember for sure. But, um, you know, there's, they were some successful guys. They had to like, each one of them had like an insurance agency and they did another thing. And when they invested into the business, you know, they went down there that soft wash systems with AC and they bought the big stuff and did it. But you know what? They already had uh, well-established companies with a lot of cash flow and a lot of net worth. And they were able to do that. So yep. I'm with you. I'm with you. Anyone else yeah. you want to like blast while we're here? I mean, this is fun. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I could say one bad thing about AC, but uh, that wouldn't be fair to him. No, no, no. He deserves more than one <laughs> Actually, thing. It would, AC. it would be fair. He probably does. No, no. I, you know, I'm, I'm just, I'm kind of just that go, that go lucky guy. I mean, uh, I'm, I'm happy to bump elbows with a lot of these guys, but I'm just, I'm kind of real down to earth, man. I. I just want my business. I'm at a point in life where it's like I want my business to grow. You know, I want to put a couple hundred, a couple million bucks in the bank, and then I want to go train my dog to bite people. Man, that's that's my oh, hobby. That's cool. and, yeah. yeah. No, tell so, me about that for a second. So let, let's segue into that. So what the heck? You know, I mean, uh, you're making your dog bite people. I'm assuming you got a German Shepherd, and I'm assuming that you've got one of those big suits, and you run around in the backyard, and he like tackles you while you're running from him. But what are you doing with that? Is that is that kind of the 
no, I try, I try not to let him think he's allowed to fight me. So I'm not the one running around. But yeah, you know, it's it's one of those hobbies, right? I feel like that's sort of another thing about my personality is that I fixate on something for a while and then I might lose interest or whatever. So mm. I've, I've found that life is better with a few hobbies. Um, and so one thing that I've always had is I've always had a dog. And and so I, I went into this uh, well, this German Shepherd. He's actually German Shepherd Malamaw, 50-50. Mm. Malamaw is pretty much like a smaller German Shepherd on crack. Mm. Uh, that's that's what a Malamaw is. So the I got him. The Terrier of German Shepherds, I guess, huh? <laughs> uh, yeah. He's on the yeah, crack part, like, the high-strung thing, yeah. Yeah, it's, they're throwing a little bit of pit bull into that, man. Yeah, yeah they're, they're just little – they're little monsters is what they are. Mm. And – um. And, and so I got me a little 50-50 mutt. I didn't know anything about bloodlines, but I didn't know anything about a sport or whatever. I just got this big old warehouse, and I was like, look, if my wife and kids are going to come here, there's going to be a dog that can chomp on somebody because my wife has um, hearing loss. Mm-hmm. So I've always trained my dogs when somebody rings the doorbell or something like that to come get her, let her know, you know, and, and, and whatnot. But I was like, I'm not going to have my wife and, and new kids come to this big old warehouse like if for some reason I can't be here. You know, it's like, it's just, it's kind of all around the same time. I was like, all right, well, I want to get another dog. So I got the German Shepherd. I started training a little bit to like search the warehouse and find people and drag them out of there and stuff. And I'm like, okay, all right, this is, this is getting beyond what I know how to do. And so I joined a club, right? That that may be like the equivalent of somebody joining Conquer or some yeah. other type of whatever. And, and so I joined this club. And I learned like coaching group. Right, right. I love and, it. And uh, so I paid my little monthly dues and we got trials a couple of times a year, but it's a three part sport. I, I, I decided to go with IGP, uh, which is like the original German sport for the breeding, um, uh, whether this dog, the bloodlines is, um, you know, eligible to breed that dog and pass on its genes or not or whatnot. It's IGP. Um, it's a three part sport. So the first part is tracking. You got to go through a field and like they go through the field and follow the guy's footsteps like footstep the footstep like nose never leaving the ground and and they go and they find these little pieces of wood or or hmm. uh leather or whatever so in a big huge field um that's one part the other part is uh obedience so there's like an obedience routine like healing and sit down sit, you know that type of stuff and then the third part is what everybody watches on youtube which is the protection work where they're you know fighting the guy the guy has yeah. a stick and you know chasing them down tackling you know that that type of fun stuff um yeah, my in my arrogance, I thought like, all right, in two three months, I'll get this dog trained up and we'll be awesome. And I'm like a year and a half into this, like, just just it's so humbling because because we suck so much. Um, <laughs> no, you don't <laughs> suck. This getting your dog to bite people on command is something you've struggled with up to this point, but you're no, working really no. hard to make him just tear into those sons of bitches in the future. That's the that's the oh, problem. <laughs> oh god, no, no, we we got a lot of suckiness in us. Like. He, he's a little bit too mean. Uh, my dog, he takes it a little bit too seriously. Like, uh, I, I thought that these guys, like, on YouTube videos, you watch these dogs and these stuff, and even these police dogs sometimes, like, you see them, like, they, you think that they're these big, nasty, mean dogs that just want to kill the guy, but 95% of those dogs are just out there playing a game of tug. Like, to them, the dog's just playing tug, and it just, this happens to be the road. And, yeah. and so the dogs are mean. It doesn't have an ounce of meanness in them. And they're just these fluffy dogs, and you can be like, "All right, come back, Fido," and the dog's like, "Well, wag its tail, coming back to you." Uh, and I, I didn't realize that. So, how can you have a dog perform at that level but still be nice, like without turning them into like 
you know, a mean dog. And my dog's too dang mean. So, you know, he takes it too seriously. It's like it's like if we're going to, like, um, do wrestling or, or some sort of whatever, and you go sparring. Well, if your partner, every time you're sparring with them, thinks that they're in a real fight and they're trying to kill you, you're not. it's not going to be a good sparring match. Yeah. And, and so my, my dog won't do a sparring match. So it's real tough to train them to bite a certain way, to grip a certain mm-hmm. way, to let go. Because he, he's taking it way too seriously. So you should have got he, that half Jack Russell, like I was talking about, you know. Yeah, that crackhead, man. He got a little <laughs> bit too much of that crackhead in him. He's taking it for real, man. He's out there hustling. But it's fun. He, he's yeah, going he, to be a great dog to have around the shop. And then I'm going to go get me another dog that was bred for the sport that can be that happy little, you know, yippy dog. So we'll we'll have fun with it, man. I, I think it's something that I'll be doing a hobby for the rest of my life. I'm hooked. That's cool, man. Well, your your current uh, overly aggressive half pit bull dog reminds me an awful lot of my general manager Jahira. So she's uh, that's kind of why I put her in that position. So Jay, if you ever hear this, <laughs> that wasn't an insult. That was a compliment. That's why you got the position you got. <laughs> everything. So, but so I I think she's that half German Shepherd, half whatever you. I've been calling her a pit bull, but she sounds more like your dog over here. So um, there you go. <laughs> So Donovan, let's do this, man. I want to ask you one question, and then I want to talk about GutterCon because I'm a big fan of conventions. You know, I, I I'm not anymore, but I was one of the owners of the huge convention. I sold my portion um, a month or so ago, and uh, but I love them one because I have a lot of fun at them, um, yep. and I like fun. You know, um, I'm kind of a overgrown child and i'm okay with that and you're welcome folks because your parties suck until i show up you know but uh but i like them because they're fun and i like all the the attention and the 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 active action that's going on but also um i'm just i'm a fan of improving myself and i like um education i like being able to get around other people that are better than me that's one reason i've been looking forward to this podcast ever since we we chatted is uh again from the outside looking in dude i really respect what you're doing and i i need a little bit of you and me and and not like that so don't you know don't make those jokes but uh <laughs> yeah right <laughs> uh, i told you i was an overgrown child but I like what you got and I, and I want to talk about GutterCon and see what you're doing. Cause I know you're trying to change uh, an industry and, and kind of elevate, you know, some people's games. But before I do, I got a question. I used to ask this question on every podcast. I don't really do it anymore, but uh, yeah. you have piqued my interest because you're a pretty intense Uh-oh. dude. You, you strike me as someone like, you know, here's my judgment of you, Donovan is I, I think you're like a, a, a relatively, chill relatively easygoing guy that i just really don't want to rub the wrong way because i think you can probably be not so chill pretty damn quick and um and i don't think i don't think it's a bad thing now i'm curious i've got a fight scenario in my mind and i want to see what decision you would make in this fight okay so you know close your mind's eye for a minute you don't have to close your real eyes but imagine you're out in the middle of an open field um you know may, maybe it's like an old part of uh you know you're uh, you're in north carolina i think right yeah yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe it's out in the country somewhere in north carolina maybe it's an old there's an old, there's there's a big you know i don't know 10 acre plot that's got a you know barbed wire fence going around it but it's not like the the good kind of barbed wire fence it's like the ones that's got the old you know wooden posts that are kind of falling over and it's been patched together and 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 you get out there but oddly enough the grass is 
somewhat short. We don't know why. Maybe there's goats that live there. I don't know. But I'm just trying to paint this picture. So you're in this like 10 acre thing. You got this barbed wire, but it's like real tight barbed wire from the ground, like, you know, up to probably around eight feet tall. You know, it's, it's kind of a big thing. Even little animals can't get in or out. And you're, you're, you're stuck inside of this, this big open area. And you're about to make a decision. And the decision you have to make is who your next opponent, your, the opponent you're about to have is going to be. But it's not any opponent. It's an, it's an opponent in a fight to the death. Your hands, your fists, your knees, your elbows, your feet, you know, that's all you got. So who are you going to choose? Here's your two options. All right. Option number one is you can fight a horse sized duck. So like a duck, but it's the size of a horse. Okay. You say duck like quack, quack, like quack, quack, Donald duck. Yep. A horse duck, or you get to fight a thousand duck sized horses to the death. There's no breaks. It's just one, once that bell rings, everyone's just going at it. What say you? Well, I've had ducks before, and they're assholes, man. Um, <laughs> I don't so, want to influence you, so I, I'm going to stay silent, because I have my strong opinion, and I tend to fall on the opposite side of most of my guests, and I'm curious where you're going to fall. Yeah. Oh, man. You know, there's a lot to consider. I've had horses, and I've had ducks. Um I've had some bad experiences with both of them. Um, you said you said uh, duck-sized horses, huh? Just one, just one. Or, oh no, I'm sorry. Just one horse-sized okay. duck, or a thousand little duck-sized horses. All right, the time's on. I'm not fighting a duck, man. I, I, I'm fighting the horses. The duck, ducks are some mean, mean dudes. Um, so you fight so, little horses. I, I'm going to fight the little horses. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think it'd be a tougher fight, but there's more room for there's. There, I think there's going to be some more room for error in there. Like yeah. a duck can mess you up. Like with one wrong move, a duck can mess you up. Mm-hmm. Whereas I feel like these these little horses, man, you could you could probably get away from. You could you can uh you you. you mouths are going to be little. Less, there's more room for error. They're not going to be able to kick you and hurt. I mean, they're they're essentially chihuahuas with with smaller teeth, right? I mean, see, I'm with yeah, you. Yeah, I mean, I, mean, I knew you were my kind of guy because I always say fight the little bitty horses. Everyone thinks you fight the big duck, and I'm thinking you guys are crazy. It's a sin. Have you seen yeah, the thrones? It's essentially a dragon flying around with feathers. That's all it is, you know. And you ain't going to beat that thing. So, okay. I knew I liked you. I yeah. knew I liked you. So, so Donovan, <laughs> talk to me about GutterCon. Um, you know, where is it? Why are you doing it? When is it? What are what What are you doing? What are you bringing to this industry? And uh, let's hear it. Now, now, well, I got a question before I answer oh, that. If I went okay. with the other answer, would have you still agreed with me? No, no, no. If you went with the other, oh, okay, one, so that, that would have was your legit. You. That was your legit answer. Okay, yeah, no, no, All right. legit answer. But it's like I bet you out of one hundred and ten podcast episodes, I bet you, you know, I probably asked eighty the eighty people that question, and I bet you out of the eighty, I'm just guessing off of how it feels. But I bet you ten of them have picked the little little horses, and everyone else picks the big duck. I think they're not. Oh, I think little, they're crazy. Little. 
I think they're crazy. Yeah. 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 Um, so GutterCon, you know, my, my, here, here's the theory with GutterCon is, um, you know, the first year was this past year. It was the wrong year to do it because of COVID. Tried to launch GutterCon and, and, and that. It was at the wrong location. It was Colorado in the middle of crappy weather. It wasn't even the right time to be in Colorado. Mm. Um, and it had to get rescheduled. Uh, so everybody, you know, everybody um, bought tickets and agreed to do this thing. And then it got canceled because of COVID. And then, you know, a lot of people will never, ever come to it again. Um, but 90 people, you know, 90 people made it to the first one. Despite all of that, everything going wrong, not that much money was lost. Yeah. Um, you know, the uh, the guy putting it on, he bit off a lot more than he could originally, I think, digest and handle himself. Um, his name's Brent. And so he brought a few of us on board and said, you know, what do you think about this idea? Here's what I got going on. And we absolutely tore it to shreds and we taught him everything that was wrong with it and, and why it could fail and this and that and the other. And what we did is we took a realistic look at it and, and we were we were real about it was too much to bite off at the wrong time in the wrong place and the wrong this and the wrong that. And despite all that, Brent made it work. It, it made it work, man. Nice. So. The trial by fire, uh, the, the toughest thing. I can't tell you how many conversations we had with just, hey, let's just sell the event to this person. You know, Brent, Donovan, I don't think I can do this. And 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 so I will say this is Bren's event, okay? This isn't Donovan Questenberry, who, who's uh, a nobody or, or whatever. This is, a, this is a team of guys who are around the gutter industry who, who put some absolute heart into the first event and it succeeded. Got vendors out there. Got ninety people out there. Didn't it wasn't a huge flop. It was a great success yeah. the first year. So coming up in February is going to be the second GutterCon, and now everything's going for it. It's the right time. It's February in Orlando, Florida, at the Gaylord oh. Resort. Um, uh, dude, hell yeah. Like, yeah, that's that's the time. I mean, just I look, that's like in. that's like ten minutes over there, dude. I'll be there, man. But well, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe I will. Depending. Yeah. How much so, I mean, so Bobby Walker's <laughs> going to be there talking. He's going to like bring down the house. Hell yeah. Um, you know, there's going to be no. Nah, there's there's going to be some. Uh, there's not. Nah, I'm on the I'm on the video. Yep. Um, so there's gonna there's gonna be some guys out there that are industry leaders. Um, there's going to be some guys out there that are specific to the gutter installation industry, and then there's going to be some guys out there that are specific to gutter cleaning who've built an entire six figure, six figure a month type business just through cleaning gutters. And um, our goal, I think is to bring some professionalism and to bring some community. What, what you guys did a huge convention. We need that in the gutter industry yeah. because um, anybody who's like um, construction work, I would say like the, the gutter industry, the, the level that that's looked at, is kind of the lowest end of the construction community. Mm -hmm. And it, I don't think it has to be that way. There's there's companies out there who are doing 10, 15, 20 million dollars and you've never heard their name, like legit good businesses. There's there's guys out there who started their business at the right time and done a million bucks like the very first year running one crew and wow. they have no clue about the business side of things. Like they're struggling on the business side or they're struggling on the efficiency side or they're struggling on doing it safely, like scaling safety um, and scaling their crews where they don't have to worry about OSHA and everything else. So there's so much that's primed in the industry. 
Um, and now with GutterCon going into its second uh, iteration of GutterCon, um, it, it's going to be an amazing event. So, um, you know, exciting. if people are interested in I didn't know it was here in Orlando. That's, that's actually even cooler. That's awesome. Right. It's it's gonna be in Orlando, right? So and that hotel's awesome. That have you been to that hotel over there before? I I have not. I didn't know about the Gaylord in uh, Nashville. I showed up and I was like, why didn't I bring my wife and kids here? Like this yeah. is like you you can like spend a week inside the hotel and never leave. I'm assuming it's probably the same way down in Orlando, but I, it, I haven't been there. If, for anyone that's been to the Huge or that went to the Huge this year, and if you're thinking about GutterCon, I'll just kind of give you some some uh, comparisons as far as the hotel um i think this one's i think it's newer and therefore it's a little nicer but it's it's okay. a bit smaller but here's the crazy thing is before i went to the one in nashville the gaylord uh in nashville i thought i'll never see a hotel as big as this stinking thing i mean because it, it's still massive it has the big atrium thing you know it just got one big one i think in there but ours is cooler than the Nashville one because we have alligators inside of our atrium and there, you know, so that's kind of neat. But they also have like the water park for the kids. But there's actually the cool thing about this for all of your attendees is uh, once again, and or, this is just Orlando in general, but that Gaylord specifically as well is um, if you want to do a family thing, bro, it's right there. You don't even got to leave that resort, not to mention it's literally 10 minutes it's probably four minutes from Disney property and 10 minutes from, you know, a, a park or something. Uh, you can do the family thing, but if you're solo and an adult or just, just with some adults, there's a lot of fun to be had as well. The, the adult swimming pool at the Gaylord here in Orlando is really nice. It's just one of those long rectangular ones. It's got the palm trees. You, lying mean, you, say adult swimming pool. you mean people are running out there with the butts flopping in the wind. You mean that type of adult swimming no, pool? Or is it like, I don't know. I haven't been there after midnight, so maybe it changes at a certain time. I just mean adult only. <laughs> I just mean like oh, okay, the, okay. the child free, the, the eighteen and over, where where kids can't go. So <laughs> you get they have like a whole water park and pools where kids are are uh, able to hang out, and then they got the adult one over there, and uh, it's just a it's a really really nice uh, really nice facility. So uh, I'm I'm happy for you guys doing it there. My wife is actually um, she she's an event planner. She's been doing that for years and years and years and she's actually done two events at this one so um so so uh, but that's the hotel tell me what kind of classes and stuff are these guys going to get so if people come to this thing you know people might hear gutter con and think well i don't want to add a lower ticket uh gutter cleaning service if i do landscape lighting or something but people may not be thinking about the fact that installation of gutters is not a low ticket or simple little thing it's actually uh, a pretty legit business model. Are people going to be able to go to this thing and learn how to start a business doing this uh, from an installation standpoint? Is it more on the business side of things? Is there a mix? Yeah. Um, you know, there's going to be some vendors there that will talk about maybe some how-tos and some, you know, specific sort of installation type methods. But, you know, quite honestly, if people are going to come to this event for the gutter side of things, they, they probably got that down pat. This okay. is this is going to be a business event. This is not going to be like right. the kindling to start the fire. This is going to be the gasoline to turn it into a bonfire. Um, but like the first one had Tommy Mello. You, you know who Tommy Mello yeah. is? I, I've never all met right. him, but Tommy I know I've heard all about him. He's I've read his book. Good but, stuff. Yeah. Yeah. A one garage door. You know, forty fifty million dollars. And I don't know if he's going to be out to the second one. Hopefully he will be. But 
He had nothing. He has nothing to do with the gutter industry. He's a business type speaker, and he was the keynote speaker at the first GutterCon. Um, so this is going to be a business event, kind of like the huge. Mm-hmm. It isn't a like, how do I come here and I'm going to learn how to wash houses? It's like, no, I'm going to learn how to grow my business. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, we're going to make part of it a, a how to add on. If, you, if you're part of the gutter industry, if you're part of the gutter cleaning industry, what are some add ons that you can do to turn your business that has a high season? Uh, high volume type season, and then maybe you have some other seasonality aspects to it that are low volume. What are some things that you can do in those seasons? So we might even bring in Ryan Lee with Landscape Lighting. We might bring in Christmas light contractors that that bring in Christmas lights because um, you know it's going to be some seasonality type things that people can do that have a business, and they're like, you know, I don't want to do Christmas lights, but I can learn how to do gutter cleaning, or you know, I don't want to do gutter cleaning, but I can learn. Christmas lights, you know, stuff to do working at heights, um, you know, working at the level of the roof, uh, different safety systems. Um, so there's going to be a little bit of both, but it's not going to be specific to the gutter industry. Any sort of how-to would be like an add-on type service. And it could be like me with Christmas lights. Um, it's turned into 50% of my business, but it yeah. started out as a little add-on. And then I ended up loving it. You know, it started out as what can I do during this 30 days to kind of keep my guys a little bit busier. Um, so we're going to have several little break-off type industries, little breakout sessions where people can try to dip their toes in the sand and learn a little bit about this. And then it's really going to be a huge networking type deal where if it, if they are like, okay, I want to learn a little bit about gutter cleaning, here are 10 people I can network with mm. and leave this event and like really go down this rabbit hole and turn it into a legit business. So that's sort of our, you know, our theory behind it, heavy business, little bit of how-to, more of like these add-on type services um, on the how-to type. Good stuff. That's that's my favorite part of it. And I mean, the technical stuff's definitely needed, right? You know, it's got its place. I've actually got a project. It's kind of a secret one right now that um, it, it's not an event, but it, it's going to have some uh, very, very heavy on some technical training, but also very heavy on the on the business side because you do got to know how to do it. But um, But once you're in it, you know, I, I think that's the thing that, um, you know, it's just kind of sad. You see guys that have, you know, uh, they want to brag about being in the industry for, you know, forever, but it's just like, and you're where you were, you know, 15 years ago, you know, and not, not everyone, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm being a bit judgy and what have you when I say that, but it's just like, they they tend to be the same guys that, you know, they're all the po- photos they post online on the weekends is them working on the the rig instead of, passing out flyers or uh you know yeah stuff like that so um i know the website i think uh is it gutter-con.com correct okay that's that's the website uh, can't register quite yet but you can sign up for the uh you know the email list so as soon as registration gets opened up and all those details get finalized and contracts get signed um you can be you can reserve your spot on the list um, hopefully we won't max out that hotel, but we do, you know, we've, we've only made a commitment of a couple hundred people, um, mm-hmm. showing up. So, I mean, it, it could be that type of event where it's first come first serve. So people can definitely go there now and get, uh, kind of like reserve their spot on that email. And when is it again? Did you say February or was I crazy when I heard that? Down in uh, Orlando, Florida. Yeah. Um, and it, I believe if the contract got signed this week, it should be at the Gaylord resort. 
Perfect. Perfect. I actually, I have a couple of events in February myself, so I hope I'm, uh, I'm hope I'm able to come see this thing, man. Uh, so guys, listen, if that sounds like something you need, if that's something that would be a benefit to your business, uh, go to the website and get on the list first. Cause if they, here, here's how it works. The Gaylord is huge. Um, if they've signed in a contract for 200 rooms, you know, they got to fill those rooms, but the Gaylord might have five other conventions going on and there may not be other rooms available. So it's, it's, it's not just a sales pitch. I mean, you know what we do, we like selling stuff and we want to create urgency and say, there's only 200 get on it. But the truth is, if you want to participate in something like that, um, you know, as being someone, my wife's been an event planner, our entire marriage, and I've been a part of the huge and a few other things. Uh, if you're interested, get on that stinking list so you can make that purchase right away. Otherwise, you might be, you know, driving 45 minutes across town every morning to to get into the thing if they can even get you a ticket without a hotel room. So gutter-con.com. I'll put that in the show notes. Uh, Donovan, I, I've got one little thing I always say when I sign off, but I, I want to give you the last word aside from the sign off. So any you got a joke yeah. you have an insult do you have some words of wisdom do you have what what do you got for us i don't care what it is it can be anything under the sun good bad and well not bad. i'll be boring man i'll be boring I, I don't have a joke prepared and if i did it'd probably get beeped out um <laughs> you know pro- profit's good guys uh, you know i i think i didn't take my business seriously enough and and i relied too much on talent not enough on developing my skill sets for a long time uh, the number one mistake, though, the thing that's cost me more money than anything else, it's literally cost me millions and millions of dollars, is uh, not charging enough. Hmm. So if uh, if you're struggling, if you're struggling with your business being profitable, you know, Bobby, you mentioned it a few minutes ago, guys been in the industry for 25 years. I can almost guarantee you that they're not profitable as they should be. Um, and, and so if you're struggling with having cash, I mean, like, Six figures, couple hundred grand in the bank. If that's not you, um, get around some people who who do have the profitability thing figured out. And um, you know, I didn't quite it didn't quite click for me until I started doing Christmas lights. And now I've applied that premium, super profitable business mindset. Like instead of going the Walmart approach where you get a ton of work and make little profit, you know, we're going the the premium, you know. High, eating high on the hog, the, oh, the yeah. tip of the spear. You know, that, that's our business motto type now where we can serve everybody better. We can hire better quality people. So being profitable in your business solves 95% of all the problems that I talk to business owners every single day about their problems. Just being more profitable would solve 95% of that. So if nothing else, get around people who are profitable and are willing to teach you and do whatever it takes to get around those people if you're struggling with it. That's excellent advice. I, I know profit and sales are not the same thing, but contextually, that it obviously had to be profitable sales. But uh, one of my old uh, uh, executives back in the day, uh, Bob Ryan, our chief, uh, chief marketing officer, he always said, Sales covers a multitude of sins, you know, now not, not the not non-profitable ones, but sales covers a multitude of sins. So Donovan, man, I've really enjoyed this conversation. I'm looking forward to getting to know you better and, uh, you know, fist bumping instead of bro hugging you next time. <laughs> but, I'm good. No, no, no. I'm good with the bro hugs. I'm, oh, just, I know. I'm just teasing. I'm just playing. I'm playing. I, I, uh, but 
but I also respect you. You know, I also respect you too, but um, I'm really looking forward just to, to becoming friends with you. And um, as I think you said, the scripture earlier uh, on the show is iron sharpens iron. So does one man sharpen another. And um, I think you're the kind of people I need in my life. So thank you for being on the show and guys show, show Donovan some love. Uh, you know, I don't know, tag, I don't know how to tag him on Facebook or something. I don't know. Say, hey, Donovan, that was awesome. Uh, that was awesome on the Janie <laughs> bid.com. And guys, go to gutter-con.com. You can see what he's doing. I bet you can probably find some of his other stuff on there, too. And finally, all right, finally, we're going to get to the end of this thing. And I just got to say this, guys. If you're not doing the things that you want to be doing in life, you better have a damn good reason for it. But if you're not pursuing those things, there's no good reason for it. Peace.